Whosoever is delighted in solitude is either a wild beast or a god. Aristotle. Welcome back to Solitude, the companion podcast to the History Channel's epic solo adventure show, Alone. I'm Doc, and I'm joined by my co-host and the man who has emptied his fair share of refrigerators, the human garbage disposal, Jukebox. How you doing, Jukebox? I'm doing well. What can I say? I'm a good eater. I feel like that's a, some people might take that as a slight, but it's a compliment. You know, I... I, I have not missed a lot of meals in my life, nor do I complain about any type of food. So I might do well out there. You never know. That's right. Stock up, get all your fat stores in, and then go out and do alone. Never go yeah. in, never, never go in lean. Right. All right. Hey, today we're going to talk about season seven, episode 11, the season finale titled Over the Edge. And I'm going to give everybody a spoiler alert right now. Turn back. Do not listen, hit pause if you have not watched the episode because we're going to reveal everything. Everything is, is resolved at this point. We have a, an official end to the season. We have a winner. And if you have not watched the show, turn back right now. It almost, it almost feels redundant giving the spoiler alerts at this point. I mean, they know the process here. We watch, we post, okay? So if you haven't watched, then you shouldn't listen. It should go watch, listen. It's the routine here. It's not rocket science, guys. That's right. So this, this week, it was three hours. We saw days 64 to 100. We did make it to 100 days. We have a winner. Just going to throw it out there right now. Roland, prove me wrong. He is the, uh, the ultimate alone survivor. Never, no, never has anybody gone past 87 days. Uh, we had 87. I thought it was 83. I think 87 was last year's winner. Okay. And we had two, we had two people go past that uh, today or this, this season. So, so I, I want to say it, it foiled my big prediction, my bold prediction of two survivors making it a hundred days, but I should have said that we're going to have two contestants make it further than anybody has ever made it on the show. And then I would have been right, but we can't go back and alter that now. Yeah, and speaking of revisiting the bold predictions, if you remember, my bold prediction was that a mistake was going to take Roland out and have him finish at number three. That obviously is very, very wrong. So right, you were, you know, I don't even, I don't even want to know. I don't know where your loyalties lie with your bold predictions, but when Roland was going out to the water to on the ice, I was wondering is is Doc crossing his fingers right now, hoping for a slip up, or what's going on? But I think. <laughs> You kept it civil and you're like, look, yeah, I don't want a mistake to be life-threatening like this. It's just a prediction. It's, I don't wish any bad on him. I never hope for misfortune. Never. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Hey, let's go through our, some of our, some of our weekly uh, features uh, apply still and some others don't. So we're going to start off with, with one that does still apply. Let's go through our, our one sentence summaries for the remaining three contestants for this episode. Do you want me to go or you want to go? You lead us off, Doc. Okay. I'm going to start off with our, our first contestant we saw this episode, Callie. And I have a real simple phrase for her. I'm going to go with Achilles' toe. Wow. 
Interesting, predictable. You know, the toe is obviously the subject of discussion here with Callie. I too, my one cent, I too have something similar, similar to you revolving around the toes theme. And my sentence for Callie is the toes. Who would have thought? Okay, very good. So one small thing can take you out, and that proved to be the case for Callie. Uh, it, it was just such a bummer because there's, you know, you can just tell by her demeanor, there's no way she was leaving. You know, there was no way. The medical experts had to come in and tell her, look, you got to go. And she doesn't want to lose a foot. She doesn't want any irreparable damage. And I get that. I just, I just wish we could have seen it play out another way because I feel like her and Roland would have made it 100 days, both of them, easily. And they could have – I feel like they could have made it 120 days, personally. That would have been my far-out prediction. But Yeah, so let's just kind of recap a little bit with Callie and what happened with her. So it's, it's a pretty bone-chilling – bone chillingly cold at this point. I think we open up at 16 degrees. I think later, later on in the episode, we see it's getting down into the minus twenties uh, during the day. Uh, it's, obviously it's been snowing. Her trap lines are buried. Uh, she does finally make a decision on whether or not to eat the porcupine. Right. She, she's like, look, I've, I've cooked it hot enough. It maybe got rid of it. I've already exposed myself to the telermia. So here we go. Yep, she did it, and there appeared to be no ill effects. I mean, she she seemed to be doing fine after that. And, in fact, even after that, she caught a rabbit. Or was it before? I think she caught a rabbit after. Yeah, she caught a rabbit, so there's there's even more sustenance. But when, what ended up being her downfall was that toe and the, and the frostbite. It, w- it was such a bummer because we were really getting down to the point, and I appreciated this being different from previous episodes where the contestants would say, oh, if I just catch one fish, I can make it to the end. I can make it 100 days if I just catch one fish. And we're like, okay, this is like do or die here. Like, this is high stakes. Like, look, we are at the end here. You catch one fish, you're good. And it even felt like she was going to make it to the end without that fish, you know? She was on, what, day 89? Yeah, I think so. Day 89 or day 90. It was unclear which which day she was pulled out on. But um it was starting to impact her ability to, to catch food, right? She was at the fishing hole and she couldn't, she couldn't stay there for, for too long before she had to get back into her shelter and warm up that toe again out of fear of, of it getting worse. I can't even imagine what that felt like because she, I mean, we've seen contestants out there ice fishing, like Kylan would go out there and she'd set up her shrubs so she didn't have to sit directly in the ice because it was so cold. And now I think the temperatures were even colder on top of that. She's got frostbite on her toe. She's standing up out there. It's, it's a mess, you know? She had to go back, dry it off, and heat it up and go back out there. It's just not feasible. Yeah, and, you know, I guess during one of the earlier medical checks, they had, she had told them that she was concerned about her toe, and they actually came out and checked on her and from that medical check uh, determined that she was unable to continue. So heartbreaking. She was just 10 or 11 days away. She was looking pretty thin, um, her, her facial features were pretty gaunt. I'm not sure how she was doing with the calories, but, uh, she was so close 10, 10 or 11 days away. I mean, two things. Number one, based off what we had seen previously in the show, as far as the little information they give us at the bottom of the screen occasionally, I mean, I feel like she may, she had to have lost like 50 pounds out there. And I feel like that's a lot to give for someone who doesn't have a lot to give. I don't think she had 50 pounds to give in the first place. Um, and second, with 
the uh, the doctors meeting there. I don't know if we have any sports fans listening to the pod, but it felt like a like a referee's challenge, and they were all meeting there and discussing, you know, off to the side, and then they come back with the verdict. I was like, what is this? Just come on, we conferring over here for a half mile away from camp. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of umpires checking in with New York to see to see what the what the yeah, call they, was. They're they're phoning back into freaking whatever the lake headquarters, finding out what the right call is. All right, hey, let's move on to Kylan. My my sentence for her is just three fish away. Three fish away. Wow, three that's a lot away. of questions. What do you mean by that? So, did you watch the after show? I was in and out. I was kind of yeah. multitasking. So it kind of comes from that. She w- once she got to where the the lake had frozen over, she kind of predicted. Um, you know, if I can catch seven fish, I can make it. I'll have enough food to get to, to, to day 100. And so she, we saw her cut, catch quite a few fish, but she didn't catch seven. She caught four. And in fact, she had three on the hook. Three other ones were on the hook and got away. They got away. Yeah. Yep. And so she was confident that if she, if she had, if she had caught seven fish through ice fishing, she would have made it. And she fell just short and and had to tap out right my uh my sentence for kylan is uh the emotional roller coaster finally reaches station because she said it at the end she said i'm an emotional roller coaster and we we've been talking about that a lot on this podcast for i don't know how many episodes saying she's got some low lows but she seems to be coming out of them and that takes a lot of energy out of her and i think it was kind of a a war of attrition you know she she realized, she's like, look, I don't know if whatever I'm getting out of this is worth what I'm putting myself through. So that's kind of why I have it as the emotional roller coaster, because it was never a matter of whether she can survive out there. We all know she can. She lasted 70 whatever days. You know, it was just the emotions got the best of her that day, I think, and definitely struggled on the fishing end. It's hard to do without food. Yeah, even even on even in this episode, I would say it was a, it was a roller coaster for her. I mean, she started out; she made a, a new fireplace to solve her smoke issues inside the shelter. She went out, she caught a fish. Uh, she caught a fish on day sixty-five, and she counted it out uh, that that was nine additional meals. So right there, everything's going just great. She makes snow, a set of snowshoes. She's really in her element. Seems comfortable, and Impressive then she, on the snowshoes. Yeah, they were they look pretty professional. I didn't know what that was going to turn into when she first started doing them. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I've never seen someone make a snowshoe. So I thought, oh, when she starts doing the first initial, like, ties and loops, I was like, oh, looks like it should work. And then she finally had it done. I'm like, okay. Well, she's clearly a pro at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then she missed out on that fish. And one, one fish got away, and she decided that she could not. She, it was so bone-chillingly cold. There's that phrase again. Uh, out there that she could not stay out there for an extended period of time to to catch another fish it just it was, took too much out of her and uh, she decided she had enough and so she tapped out I think it was day 80 she tapped out and also just to compare her to Roland right so we have one person who was the first to go this episode and then we have Roland who won right so comparing them just think about how often Kylan talked about going home to Dave or the food, or how much she misses being in contact with other people. And Roland also talks about, you know, 
wanting to spend more time with family and stuff, but it's because he has not done that recently. He doesn't have a lot to go back to at this point. And I think that played a major role in why the big bull was able to stay out there for so long and why someone like Kylan may be more inclined to just, you know, phone home and get out of there. Yeah. And we can talk about this in the, the uh, critical moments segment of the episode, but I think, you know, a couple of different breaks for Callie and for Kylan, and we've got three that, that make it to a hundred. I, they weren't that far off. No, not at all. I, like I said, I mean, I predicted last week, I thought we were going to get more than one to 100. Right. Okay. Hey, let's go to Roland. All right. I've got hot and rare. Hot and rare. I like it. I like hot and it. Rare. He was, he that was, was his little, his little intro. Yeah. What, his, his little, uh, Grace Blake band name out there. Hot and rare. Mm-hmm. Um, for Roland, I have per very consistent with my Roland sentences the whole season. Uh, the big bull wins the big money. And I think that from day one, we always said there's something off about that guy, but it's going to take him to the, to the final We're we're he's going to make it the big bull. He's out there screaming. He's the big bull of the Northwoods. All right, Roland, we believe you. Okay. Yep. And Hey, I want to point out something from last episode. You, you intimated that they were in December uh, at some point during the, during episode 10, I think maybe towards the end of episode 10, but we learned this, this episode that actually we see Thanksgiving in this episode. So uh, they finished up in December. Actually, we saw a Christmas tree with a Christmas star on it by Roland uh, celebrating Christmas. And so it was, it was either at Christmas or close to Christmas when they finished up. But last episode, they were, they were still in November. So I just wanted to point that are out. You, are you just, are you just bringing it up to say that I'm wrong? Or are you getting some satisfaction out of this because you've fallen so flat on your bold predictions week after week? What is this? Fine, I'm wrong. I get it. It wasn't December, okay? If you're wrong, you got to get called out on it. So I'm just pointing that out. Fair. And so what did he have have for Thanksgiving dinner? The porcupine. Porcupine. And in true Roland fashion, I mean, there was no pussyfooting around. He ran up up to that porcupine and just clubbed it. It's like, dude, you brought a bow. I don't know. (laughs) 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 he's like that thing can't run very fast i'm gonna get him yeah yeah i think they showed the the graphic of their moves at uh two miles an hour so roland had time to fashion a club and then run up and and just hit it over the head but you know what in true roland fashion he was getting woodsy and he was doing his job that's what took him to 100 days I, i mean what we witnessed this year was a man on a mission no holds barred, whatever the environment had to throw at him, he was there to take it and become part of it. And he got as about as, as woodsy as one could get on the show. I have to say probably the most, I mean, considering the days and the fashion in which he killed the muskox and how he survived and built rock house, I think the most impressive performance we've ever seen on the show. True. True. And it's not to say that Roland didn't have his moments of adversity. We saw some of that in this episode, right? This, this could have been, you know, the, the title of the episode was um, Over the Edge, right? And so the frostbite pushes Callie over the edge. The, the missed fish pushes Kylan over the edge. And Roland had a couple of moments, too, where if he had been a lesser man or a lesser contestant, it might have pushed him over the edge. He, you know, there was that whiteout on the ice. He's out on the ice in, in whiteout conditions. He, he keeps his head and makes it back to, 
to his camp. He's got the mouse that's eating his, his food, right, that he had stored away. He has the, the, the berries. He has the berries that, that went moldy. Moldy berries, yeah. Yeah, I mean, these are all things that could have pushed him over the edge, but he refused to, to give in. And he, he even just doubled down and just dug in and became more tenacious. He, he opened up the musk ox stomach and ate the contents of that. How gross was that? That was disgusting. Eh? <laughs> it reminded me when, of when, uh, what's his name, Keith? Your, uh, what's, his, what's his name, Cousin Thing, or what is it, or Cousin It? Yes, yep. Whatever our nickname was for him, we uh, started eating the rock Keith. slime earlier this season. I was like, oh, that is nasty. We need to make a list of the nastiest things we've seen eaten on the show. Maybe that's an idea for the, the future episode of the podcast is going back and some of the dirtiest things we've seen contestants eat because I never would have thought stomach contents would be on there. Yeah, that was pretty gnarly. And then he even he ate the ox hoof. I mean, he was, he was scratching and clawing right to the very end. You're getting whatever he could out of anything he had. The, uh, the bone marrow at the end when he shared it with his sister. Yeah. He, he's like, this is lobster. I was like, you could have fooled me. I'm not a man of high taste. I wouldn't really know. You know, you could might disguise that under some rice and some butter. I might just take it. Yeah, that was interesting. I was, I was watching his sister's face to see how she was taking that, but she seemed to be doing just fine. So I guess it's in the blood. Yeah, the producers are like, hey, whatever he gives you out there, just eat it. Well, it's <laughs> the show. Just take it. All right. Hey, do you have um, – next section is turning points. Do you have some turning points you want to talk about? Yeah, so uh, just like a general turning point in this show, and this is kind of like emblematic of the whole season, if you really take a look, there have only been two contestants this whole season who have not talked about – missing home or missing people from home or wanting to go home or real food even for that matter. And that was Callie and Roland. And we talked about this at the very beginning, how much of a mental game this is. It's not just whether you can catch the food. It's about whether you can really be alone. Yeah. If you can be alone and uh, Callie and Roland, were alone. They were comfortable being alone. They've been alone in, in their regular lives. They're alone. And it, it sounds weird to say it, but like if Kylan didn't have a husband to go home to, you know, like she, she would be out there a hundred days too. I think like it's a lot of a mental game. I think your mind can overcome a lot of the deficits going on in your body, which makes it more than just a matter of get food, eat it, stay out of your hundred days. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a major turning point. Just Kylan and, and props to her. She had one of the most impressive performances on the show as well. I mean, I mean, you never thought she would have made it that far and she proved us wrong week after week, but you know, she just decided, Hey, I got a lot to go home to. This isn't working. I'm not catching fish and that's okay. And I'm going to go back. Yep. Yeah. So my I have three turning points, two of them are turning points. And one of them is just a character trait. Uh, Kylan's Miss Fish. I think if she had caught that fish, she may, she may have been able to stretch a little bit further, uh, getting closer to 90 days maybe, and then, then who knows what happens. Uh, Callie's frostbitten toe, if, if for whatever reason uh, she doesn't get that frostbitten toe, we've got two people sitting at 100. I am, I am supremely confident in that. There's no and, doubt that happens. Yeah. And then my third one, which is really just a character trait, is just Roland's relentless perseverance, his tenacity 
his unwillingness to let anything sway him from the, the final, the final prize there at a hundred days. And, and this is great. I love that you bring that up, his relentlessness, because you know what? I have a term to describe Roland. I'm a history buff and I, you know, I love America. It is what it is. Okay. For Roland, rugged individualism. He brings up the pioneer spirit and you know, people from hundreds of years ago who came and trekked across this country. I'm reading a book right now about the, the, uh, the expedition of Lewis and Clark, you know, that, that American spirit of I'm, I'm getting to that coast at all costs. I'm, I'm crossing the continent and Roland has that spirit in him. And it, we're just blessed to be able to watch that rugged individualism. He says, you know what, I'm putting the whole team on my back. I'm doing everything I can. Nothing's going to stop me. And I feel like it was a blessing to be able to watch that. Yeah, we need a reality series about Roland and his his business up in Alaska. I, I would tune in each week and watch the next episode of uh, being rugged or being woodsy with Roland. Yeah, I mean, get him on Mountain Men, right? What, like, what's up? True. We need to see more of the Big Bull. He's a star. Yeah. He's, he he had quite the performance in all aspects of this show, like entertaining the viewers he's my favorite character all year him and Callie were my two favorites and you know they made it the furthest I gotta say I picked the I picked the winners right yep all right hey let's move on to uh my favorite segment that's moments you may have missed you have any of those items for us anything you want to point out um just again I'm a big fan of those cutscenes. you know we saw a lot of the uh kind of the before commercial and after commercials like the cliffs and the scenery you know i thought there's a lot of imp impressive shots that if you didn't see the first time around they're worth looking at because you kind of really get to understand the landscape out there but other than that take us away all right there were, there were quite a few uh cool moments that you may have missed uh one of them was when roland got up at night or at least when it was dark out could have been could have been five in the afternoon for all i know but he gets up and he goes down to the lake's edge because he'd, he'd hear these, these cracks and these, these pops. And uh, he just had to get out there and, and watch it with his own eyes. Just listen. He was watching and listening to the, the lake freeze. And I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Wasn't it also interesting how you, you never saw other contestants do this, but Roland would just be out at like midnight out in the snow, just like recording himself talking. I was like, <laughs> dude, what is, it's probably the coldest time of the day. That's what winners do. Also, when Roland's out there without his gloves on, I'm just like, dude, it's negative 20 degrees. Put your gloves on. What's yeah. going on here? Yeah. We heard several contestants complain about the, the bitter cold and their, their fingers and their toes. And he's out there with no gloves on. Nuts. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And then the other, the other cool thing was when Callie went down to the lake and was watching the, the ice form on the lake, and she was talking about how the lake seemed to be breathing you know, with the, 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 the ice was kind of rising and, and lowering. And that was, that was a pretty cool moment, I thought. And then did you notice that Callie, what Callie used to transport her water from the lake? Her boot. A boot. That's right. Maybe that's why her toe was, was frostbitten. <laughs> With some excess <laughs> water in there, getting frozen or something, messing it up. To go, to go back to your point about um, just like, the maybe this isn't even your point but the weather and the 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 craziness of it all 
when you really consider how long each of those contestants were out there, you got to imagine how hard is it to leave? Even though you know you have a lot back home, you spent so much time in that one spot. Like that is an intimate relationship. That is like a trauma bond, you know, with your environment. Like that's a trauma bond with the rock outside your camp, a trauma bond with the, your wood pile over there and the rabbits you're trying to catch. And I just feel like it'd be so hard for me to give up something like that. Yeah, I guarantee that each of those three, three contestants, the last three contestants, they could tell you every intimate e detail of the inside of their shelter. They're, that's burned upon their, their memory. There's no way they're forgetting any of that. It, it made me feel even worse for a most that he wasn't able to get more from his shelter before he left because, I mean, what you need, you need those little souvenirs to remind you of, of your journey there. Like, all they, if all they have is the show and the footage, like, I, I find it hard to believe that these people aren't going to revisit that spot. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know? Yep. And it was kind of along those lines, it was kind of bittersweet when each of them left, you kind of had the, the video montage of the shelter slowly disappearing. You know, they, they would tear it down to, so they would, they would leave no trace in nature, but just, just thinking, you know, I spent, I spent 100 days in this shelter and then realizing that that no longer exists anywhere in the world. It's gone. It's been erased from the, from the face of the earth. Yeah. It's like, it kind of reminds me, even though we've never done something of this magnitude before you and I, but for example, when we did our Catalina hike earlier this summer, or we did the JMT Southern half, seven days, 120 miles, a couple years back, you know, you really start to settle in and you're like, wow, I'm only focused right now on getting from point A to point B in a day, you know? And I feel like they, they're feeling the same way. Look, I just gotta make it to the end of this day and we'll reset tomorrow and we'll do it again. We'll do it all over again, you know? it's kind of a license to live freely that I feel like a lot of people with that adventurous and pioneer spirit, they, they're going to miss. Mm -hmm. Yep. Hey, did you notice the frost inside the shelters? It was getting so cold at night, getting out into the negative, the negative teens and, and negative twenties that there was frost inside the shelters. And in fact, in the after show, Callie said that she realized how cold it was when she has a fire burning in her fireplace and there's frost inside the fire pit, inside the fireplace. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's cold. I don't know the science behind that. It seems almost impossible, but go to the North Arctic and, and I'll believe you. That's, that's damn cold. Yeah. And then also the days ended up being so short at the end of this, the closer they got to a hundred days, the shorter the days got. Um, and so I, that's almost, that's almost a cruel twist by the producers of alone picking, you know, what time of the year to start the show and, and saying, Hey, hundred days. That means, that means that there's going to be 20 hours of darkness and four days of day, four hours of daylight. Uh, by the time we get to a day, hundred, can you imagine being inside your shelter for 18 to 20 hours, the howling wind, the bitter cold, the darkness. I mean, that you, you got a lot of time just sitting there, uh, able to think and, and, and thinking is, as you pointed out, it's not necessarily a good thing in this, in this contest. No, I mean, people take for granted how much the weather and the season plays into their mood when the days are long and it's summertime, I guarantee you, you're a lot happier than when the days are short and it's dark out at 5 PM, you know, like it's, it's a basic science. We never think about it. And, and we, 
it's good that we don't think about it because we'd probably fall deeper into those emotions. But it's, it's true. It's the way it is. Like when it's dark outside for longer in the day, you're not a happier person. You're not a happier camper. Yeah. And when it's dark out, you're not productive. There, there's, there's little you can do when it's, when it's dark out and it's minus 25 degrees. And so really, I think I said it in an earlier episode, as we are getting uh, into this bitter cold, they've got to have a lot of firewood. And so they spent their four or five hours of daylight. They, they, they had to spend it on trying to catch fish and cutting, cutting more firewood. I mean, that's all they did in those four or five hours was try and catch food and try and get firewood because that fire is burning 24-7. Yeah, true. I mean, Roland said a couple episodes ago how his goal was to have a fire going 24-7 no matter what. So that's, that's a lot of work. Yeah, and I thought it was hilarious that it's like day 95 or day 96, and they show Roland cutting firewood, and he's doing it in front of his shelter. And there's like literally a cord of firewood already stacked up outside of his shelter. I mean, how much he, – he, I don't know why he was cutting more firewood. He obviously had enough firewood to get to day 100. Right, right. I, you know what? But we – in his mind, he's thinking, what if I have to go 110 days to outlast someone else? You know, he's, he's just planning ahead. That's why he won. Right. All right. So as I said before, top achiever, driver of the struggle bus, power rankings, preview of next week, all of that is defunct, uh, irrelevant at this point. So let's, let's go with something a little different. Let's talk about, let's look at the, the full season and see if you and I can come up with uh, the top five memorable moments. This is, I'm springing this on you right now. You have, you didn't do any prep. I actually threw this in here last minute. I've got no prep on it. We're just going to use our memories and think back. Okay. What are the most memorable uh, moments from this season? All right. There's a few dead giveaways here, obviously, okay. right? There's a few that we can think off the top of our head for sure. Most memorable, right? Yeah. So number one, obviously the best moment of the season, Roland and the Muskoks, right? Definitely the Hands most memorable. Hands down. I think a close second, and I think you can back me up with this, a most in the wolves. I think that's a, I think that's a close second as far as memorable moments. He was surrounded by a pack of wolves, right? Yeah, he's got a wolf standing, was it uh, 10 feet away? And Three yards, yeah. Not backing down. So those are the first two that come off the top of my head. Do you have a third maybe? Oh, let's see. Just from the sheer excitement and the the tears and the laughter and the the emotional roller coaster that that is kylan i think when she caught those two fish on the ice the, i think that was that was pretty memorable that was a huge turning point for her yeah yeah um i'll agree with you there so that's number three number four i'm gonna go with joel and the fly in the air i was gonna suggest that one yep i like that one that was so that's good. four Okay, and number five? Uh, I'm torn here because I feel like some of our earlier contestants deserve a word, you know? Like, uh, one thing that I'll never forget is, I forget his name. His name was Joe. Or one of the – there was two Joes, correct? Yes, I believe so. Well, there's Nobo, Nobo Joe, and then I think you're – I think I know where you're going with this. You are going – to where the guy lost his fire starter. Yep, with the yeah. jacuzzi. Uh, that was that was gonna be my suggestion too. Yeah. That that one's mine, I think. Not uh, to be, not to be outdone by 
Amosa's fire that ended his shelter at the end of the season, or also uh, – I'm trying to think. I also thought Callie's porcupine kill when she really sought it out there in the rocks was also Mm. a pretty memorable moment. But I would probably rank the uh, hot tub uh, shipwreck above that. Yeah, and I'm, I, I just went back trying to look and make sure I, I knew who this was. Is it, uh, was it Corey or was it Sean? Taps out. Uh, let me look in my notes. I for sure have it in here. Sean, it was Sean. Yeah. Sean Helton from, uh, from Tennessee. He lost his fire starter and uh, after doing his hot tub and had to, had to tap out. So that was, that was a painfully memorable moment yeah and you always wonder it's like how far would he have made it if he didn't lose that did we did we miss out on a lot more memorable moments because he couldn't keep the fire start because he got to envision with his hot tub but that's just the way the show works it's the way the world works you know it's it all hinges on one little choice you make and that's the do or die yeah and if you disagree with our 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 top five memorable moments uh Leave it in a review. Send us an email at the uh, the Solitude Pod. Uh, let us know what your what your top moments are. Yeah. Okay. So where where do we go from here with the pod jukebox? Obviously, you know the the season is over. Does that mean the pod's over? Absolutely not. I'm having way too much fun doing this, and our increased listenership only motivates me more to keep producing content. I just want to keep turning it out there because I feel like we're being heard. I feel like we're kind of valued a little bit, and hopefully some opportunities are on the horizon for us. You know, maybe we can, you know, get some interviews with the contestants from the show and, you know, reach out to these people. I know you're a, you're a big guy with your social media, with your JFM pod, and you, you've already reached out to a lot of these bushcraft masters and this and that. You've been in contact with some people from the show. So I don't know whether it's we decide, hey, we want to we wanna do – interviews with contestants or we want to rewatch an old season or watch a spinoff and do that. I'm, I'm down for all of it. Yeah. I know some of our listeners are going to, I think I'm, I'm, I'm uh, blowing hot smoke here, but uh, I did have a, a, a Instagram conversation with Roland uh, over the weekend. Um, and he, he intimated that he may be up for an interview. So I, I can't promise anything, but I, I'm working on it. So maybe we can get him to come on and, and share uh, not only his experiences on the show, but also what he's doing up in, in Red Devil, Alaska, and what his business is all about and, and you know, he, how he spends his time up there. So I also like your ideas about maybe going back and, and doing the same kind of companion podcast for seasons one through six or you know, maybe the other international alone versions out there. Maybe we do something like that. Yeah, and here, let me say a couple things. I got to rattle off a couple things here. Roland, if you're listening to this, the big bowl, the thing, as we like to call you on our show, we're not trying to bother you or get extra, you know, type of hype for the show. We really admire the effort you put in, and we just want to know what it's like to be out there because – I can't speak for Doc, you know, he's a little bit older than I am, but I could be a prospective candidate. You know, I might want to see what I'm, I could be possibly getting myself into here. This is something that I'm found a newfound interest in and it could be a hobby and it could turn into a lifestyle. We don't know. But also second thing, 
I love the idea of rewatching old episodes and old seasons because we just get to, we have a good format. I feel like we can keep this going. And also I feel like a, a not a bad idea, possibly a good idea could be to speculate on uh, like different locations on the world where they could do alone. We could kind of go into some of the geography and the, the biology of certain areas, why they'd make a good spot for the show. And, you know, maybe get in contact with the history channel, say, look, we got some ideas for you. If you, you know, listen to the pod, these are some good places. We may want to do it. You know, we heard a lot about Callie talking uh, about her being kind of a desert rat. We haven't seen that yet on alone. Have we? No, you know, a desert situation. I feel like that might be harder to do because they usually place them around bodies of water, but I feel like that's an idea. Maybe something we want to cover. Here comes the dune buggy for the, the tap out vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, we'll kick around some ideas. We'll, we'll see what's what out there. Well, it, it is time to wrap things up for the season. What do you, you have any final thoughts, Jukebox? Um, yeah, I do. At the beginning of this thing, I didn't know how I was going to go. Obviously, our first episode was pretty lengthy with just a lot of word vomit and details of the episode that our viewers probably already watched and not to say I was a little bit discouraged but I was like huh this just wasn't as fun as I thought it would be and as we started to kind of get our format down I just really appreciate where we're at now it's it's uh it's been a lot of fun and I I can honestly say it's I've learned a lot from a tv show probably more than I have any other tv show in my life you know when you really pay attention and you know, you're, I'm really diving deep into the physical and mental aspects of these contestants and what it takes to, to survive off the bare minimum alone out in the Arctic. It's, it's inspired me to, you know, give my 110% every day and appreciate how fortunate I am to, you know, to live this life and not have to do what our ancestors had to do, so to say, that we heard so much from Callie and Roland on this season, you know, you you have to appreciate that your ancestors fought that battle before you so we can live the way we live now. Yeah. I have really enjoyed this, this season as well. I've enjoyed doing the show with you, um, paying close attention, really looking at the details and having these, these discussions afterward has been, been a, a whole lot of fun. So we definitely have to keep doing something. Um, we'll talk about whether it's going to be previous season or the international shows, or if we find another show altogether. So we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully before next week so we can just keep coming out with the weekly pod we'll uh we'll keep the name solitude the alone companion pod because that's what we're gonna do yeah we'll definitely do season eight looking forward to it oh yeah all right hey so we are pushing the button and tapping out for now jukebox take us out we're born alone we live alone and we die alone orson wells mic drop Thank mm-hmm. you.